0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. If this is your first time, I'm Rich Cardona. I'm a retired Marine, went to Amazon for a couple of years, hated it, and eventually made some really crazy decisions, quit and um, started, started my own business. And that's where we are. So through that, I, I determined that it's really, really, really unbelievably important to me to try and get industry experts onto this podcast, get influencers onto this podcast to help other business owners, aspiring business owners, and veteran entrepreneurs. Like all this information, like as much information as I possibly can. And guess what? I get to learn too. But I'd love the opportunity to be a conduit of getting this information out to you. So if this is uh, your first time, then good. If this is your first time, then you're also going to be confused by the fact that there is no guest today, per se. It's a co-host and it's my wife, Anne. Uh, On the days that I don't have guests on, it's going to be me documenting the journey or it's going to be me uh, leveraging someone who I know has unique visibility into entrepreneurship, which she does. So if you missed the last episode, go back and listen to it. She talks about the number one thing she sees as um, an executive director at a nonprofit. And I'll actually just ask her here to introduce herself in about five seconds so you can kind of get a taste for who she is, what she does, and why her insight is probably going to be a little bit more unique than my own.
1: Hi, I'm Ann Cardona, and I am the director of the Veterans in Residence program for Bunker Labs, and we cater to the military-connected community, and Veterans in Residence is a six-month incubator that we partner with WeWork on. Um, They give us free, beautiful office space in cities that it can be very expensive to have office space in, and then we provide facilitators and accountability group and some really high class, hard charging, uh, military connected entrepreneur cohorts that drive each other to be better and move the needle in their business.
0: So last time uh, she was on, I asked her to talk about the most prominent thing that plagues the entrepreneurs she speaks with for half of her day, every day, every week. And that was personal branding. If you want some insight from her, and then obviously my take, which you know my take on it. Then go back and listen to that episode. This time we're going to talk about the second thing she sees the most, which I, she she mentioned right before we started recording, and I'm like I'm not I'm not even remotely freaking surprised. So, what is the second thing that you see most uh, that is kind of just really preventing success or slowing it down?
1: Universally, you know, we talked about the first one is is personal branding. I hear that. All the time across every industry, across every different stage that a business is in, which is just crazy, but it's true. And then the second one is focus. And I think this is probably not even just in entrepreneurship. I mean, everybody is always trying to figure out what they need to focus on at any given point. But especially for entrepreneurs that are out there starting a a business, especially entrepreneurs that have not started a business before, they're just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I should be focusing on my sales right now or if I need to be, make sure my website is up to date or again, like, do I need to take some time to do personal branding and should I be spending money on marketing? They just they just don't know what they're supposed to be doing any given day, any given week and they never have enough time. And that's a, a challenge for everybody that I hear all the time.
0: How do you even start then? Like and 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 I mean, so you're the director, you're supposed to kind of corral the crazy, so to speak, um, and, and just make it more manageable. I mean, the the entire organization is is fundamentally trying to be a resource, but it just this is just out of curiosity in your position, because I don't get to listen to all your conversations. How do you tell people like here's how you shift from you know fifth gear in your mind to second gear and here's probably how you should approach it?
1: Well the interesting thing is so in the, in the program we have our faci- our local facilitators that are driving each cohort so each of those facilitators have a slightly different take on it and then they also have different resources that have different takes on it so i've heard a bunch of of different things again one of the things most recently that i've heard is you know when people are trying to decide what to focus on We just had this amazing speaker, David Kelbaugh. He's really this amazing speaker. And he was talking about, again, personal branding versus marketing. And he said, before you even come up with a product, it should revolve around your branding and your business branding, which kind of intertwines with your personal brand and your beliefs. He said, because if you start out with a product and I'm going to do this product, and then you build your beliefs and branding around that, and the product changes, then all of that brand, you have to rebrand and you have to change your, your focus and everything. So the short answer is that we have several different folks with different opinions and we let our cohort kind of take it all in and decide what's what's best for them. But that's one that was a very succinct amount of advice that I agree with. And I think almost everybody that heard him agrees with. And there's other things then that you you've got to focus on on top of that. But I liked that point of view of think about that first before you get too far down a rabbit hole with your product and everything about this one product or service that you're working on.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's never gonna be a universal answer because everyone, everyone operates in a different way. So for me, it's interesting you say that because I remember when we had the conversation, you were really fascinated. And I, I liked some of what he had to say. But if you have An idea of a product that legitimately solves a problem in the marketplace, and you could act on it. Like, who gives a shit about the branding? Like, (laughs) uh, it it just depends. Like, I'm just saying, some people would be like, if I have that right, then I can try out everything, and I'll still always have the brand. It's foundational. It's fundamental, and and that'll be okay. But so, when people tell you they don't know where to focus, like, or they don't have time, like, are you asking them what are they doing on a day to day basis, and are you kind of uh, evaluating that or, or soaking in some of the patterns?
1: Yeah. So the way our program works, they tell us what their goals are and they tell us what they're going to be focused on that week. And then the next week we find out, did they actually do that or did they not? But the other thing we try to do is when they tell us what they're planning on doing that that week, making sure that it actually aligns with their goals and asking questions as to You know, why is it that you want to focus on this particular thing? Why is it so important to you that you continue to work on this prototype for this super high tech vending machine that's going to push out local goods? Is working on that prototype and spending all that money and time on that prototype really the thing you need to be focused on right now? Or is it get a normal vending machine, put your local products on there? put it in a farmer's market or in a airport or something and see how many people te- start testing the market with your theory before you put, again, like to put it all in on a product, maybe you need to kind of focus on, is the problem the problem? Is there a market for it at all? Before you, you know, have your ideal perfect product or service out there and then find out that's not even what people want, not even remotely close. So we do evaluate When they tell us what they're working on, like, is that what you actually need to be working on? Or is there something that better aligns with your goals and and your mission that's going to move you forward
0: in a faster manner? So at least that. So are they supposed to come with goals ready?
1: Yes. So they they'll put their goals down at the start of the program and we sit down to kind of look at those and figure out where they are and then have some conversations to make sure that those are the right goals and then make sure that we have the right action items behind those goals.
0: How do people take the feedback when you've had to give feedback or you and some of your counterparts have had to give feedback on like, are you, you know, why do you think this is the right goal when you, you're you probably going to w- try and walk them to the the understanding of why, but how do they receive that? I mean, it's so personal having a business.
1: Yes. So, the first things we we do before usually we have these deeper conversations, we look at their goals, but then we also just kind of talk with them, get to know them. They get to know their other cohort members because you don't want to have these conversations or give feedback to people when they don't know who you are and why they should listen to you. And they don't know if they can trust these other people that are around them. So that's the first thing is establishing trust. But after we establish trust, then they're much more receptive. And also when they start hearing other folks get, it, the vulnerability is really important to us. When other people get vulnerable about like, I don't really know why I set this goal and I don't really know why I set this action item. It sounded good, but to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of trying things and they really appreciate the feedback from the group saying, some people will say, I think that's a good idea. And then some people will say, you know, well, let's let's ask why are you doing it for this reason? Or why are you doing it for that? And they can kind of bounce it around. And then at the end of the day or the end of the huddle, that person says, you know, I hear this and I hear that. And you know what? I think I'm going to try this. And I'm going to also ask these further questions on that. And a big value of the program is getting out of your head, which is another thing that I wrote down that's been pretty universal, is when you're an entrepreneur, especially a solopreneur, and and COVID, you're just like stuck in this box and and ideas are bouncing around and, and you're just trying to figure it out. But sometimes when you say it out loud, just saying it out loud, you start to say, I don't know why I said that. And I don't know why I have that as my goal. It doesn't sound as good. And now that I hear people asking me questions, I don't think that that's the right thing to do.
0: I, I think ideating is such a natural part of it. And it's also like a killer. Like if you ideate on so many different things. And especially if you have any intent on executing on some of these ideas, what usually happens is you will set yourself so far back because whatever it was that you could have probably really anchored is just going to be so far away. So ideating is like incredibly detrimental to, to your success, in my opinion, as an entrepreneur. And the other thing is, I think you're right. Andy Frisella says like, young entrepreneurs, and he doesn't mean age, he means like first three years, like you're a young entrepreneur, like you don't really know shit until you're three years in. And then once you get to the 10 year club and 20 year club, like now you're really there and you're up. And if you're successful, then you're having bigger conversations with bigger people, getting better advice, getting better everything. But when you're a young entrepreneur, and I'm a young entrepreneur, you know, ideating and and kind of floating around with all these ideas, you start to realize that you could look like a complete fucking idiot. Because your do-say ratio is not consistent, and, and people who want to invest in your service or your brand or your product or whatever it may be, I really do, I have seen at least, people are attracted to consistency. And if you're inconsistent, then that's almost like kind of a red flag. Even if you know that's very normal in young entrepreneurs, I think, number one, it's a red flag, but it's an indicator of what you're saying It's a combination of a lack of focus and then being in your own head too much. So I think the best thing, this is just, this is just me kind of saying, look, been there, done that. You just have to pick like the thing, the thing that you're like, I am just going to go ham on this for at least the next three months and just see, like, it's not a race. It's not a race, in my opinion, and, and I think that is, is something, and, and you're really, really good at this, which is, if you have a good idea, you don't need to do anything, you don't even need to say anything about it, until you sleep on it and wake up the next day, because you might literally, after waking up and being you know, in, in that kind of deep state, you wake up and then you're like, what a stupid idea. There's nothing to lose by going slow. As excruciating as it may be, it's okay to go slow when you realize that you have a lack of focus. What are other things that you see people kind of talk about? So, like, if they're not focusing, what are they focusing on that you kind of notice? You're like, guys, come back.
1: I say there's some entrepreneurs that have a, a very big entrepreneurial spirit. There's some entrepreneurs that are are driven by an idea and they're, they are a problem that's very personal to them and they wanna fix that and they wanna work on it. And there's some entrepreneurs that just like are born with a drive to wanna to do everything. And it's not uncommon that we have at least one or two people in every eight person cohort that have multiple businesses. And then on top of their multiple businesses have they even problem. more ideas. Some of them have multiple profitable businesses Some of them are in various stages of ideation and some of them have a profitable business but are thinking about starting another business and that other business turns into maybe two or three other businesses they're thinking about. And so trying to stay focused on the most important thing is difficult when you're managing multiple businesses. But I I wouldn't say that's the norm. There's like a handful, you know, it's like 25%. But the focus is definitely something that we, It just comes up a lot. And actually we have one of our facilitators in New York, Nicholas Cromion is coming up. We should have him on sometime to talk about his business geometry theory that he's coming up with, which kind of helps to identify where you are in a stage of entrepreneurship. And then that further helps you to know what your focus should be on because seeing it on paper and, and being able to say, I'm determined I'm right here. Kind of helps to to figure out generally. It's not going to give you the pinpoint, but it just tells you, okay, have I identified the problem, that the problem that I'm trying to solve is actually a problem? Or have I identified that the solution is actually the solution before I'm moving forward with funding? Because we do have a lot of folks that come in with an idea... And they haven't really tested the market probably as much as they should. They just have their own anecdotal evidence. And like, I see this, it's a problem. Like I can raise money and you probably, you you maybe can, but it's going to be harder to build a business if you get that money and now you're down the road. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I don't even know that this was the right problem and we're not getting the response we thought. So that's something it's just like, yes, maybe we need to be not focused on funding right now. Maybe we need to be doing more, talking to our potential customers and making sure that this is what they actually want. So yeah, so the focus, funding is definitely a piece that we have to reel people in sometimes. is like, hey, before you start trying to get venture capitalists on, figure out where you are and also what, what type of funding you might need. Maybe you can get more grants. Maybe you can be bootstrapping it. And what are the pros and cons? Because to me, it's baffling how many people want venture capital funding. And I don't know if they just really don't understand the golden handcuffs that come with that because a lot of venture capitalists are not the easiest people to work with when you're trying to run your company. Sometimes they end up running your company. People don't realize that until they're into it. But yeah, so just just kind of focusing on where they are and and what they need. And it's not always venture capital dollars and it's not always funding right away. Sometimes they need to be talking to their customer. And sometimes they do need to take action too. Like you're right. It's slow is good sometimes, but sometimes there's people that get stuck in like just perfecting everything and doing too much internal research. And that's the example with the vending machine is one of my favorites is that she, in her mind, had this most state-of-the-art vending machine that was going to do the coolest things and everybody would be drawn to it. But it was going to cost like a million dollars to create. <sighs> and she was so stuck on it. It was She was not going to move forward for probably years. And we said, in the meantime, just like get a regular vending machine because she wanted to sell local goods. Just put the local goods in there and see if people buy it. Now, if you have a high-end vending machine, that might up it for sure, but at least you can test your market and start taking some action. And a a vending machine, you could rent it for like a hundred bucks, done, like no venture capital needed. Like you can just (laughs) test your market there. So it's it's things like that sometimes that we're like, hey, what can you take action on today? Or what can kind of like move the needle forward instead of like just ideating and perfecting and like worrying about capital? What are some things you can do right now?
0: If you're just listening or if you've listened a little while. So this is very, very early stage entrepreneurs. We're, we're talking basics, right? Like we're not talking about the depths of VC funding or anything like that. We're just talking about something that she sees from dealing with entrepreneurs on a daily basis who are spread across the nation in 24 different huddles. It is part of this um, the veteran nonprofit that tries to help people become business owners or better business owners. But what are some of the things that you've seen that stick out as far as some people, some of the traits or attributes of some of the people who are who are really kind of surging forward? Um, and I don't want to say separating themselves from the pack because it's not necessarily a competition, but who are just kind of aligned with what they want the business to be and the actions that they're taking.
1: That's a really good question. We have a lot of Entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things and pushing forward. Something I can tell you is applying for grants and thinking outside of the box with, with grants. We talk a lot about SBIR grants that are tied to, to different things. Uh, you would be really surprised at the types of companies that get these grants. Like a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, I'm... I'm a beer manufacturer, what in the world would I get an SBIR grant for? But we have one gentleman who has a, he's making a saffron water alongside his, his beer. So he's putting in a grant to do some research on his saffron beverage and how it helps with opioid withdrawal. And we all think we have a couple of people who help uh, review the SBIR grants. He's probably has a really good chance of getting $50,000 right off the bat then he'll also be working with the, I think this one was for the National Institute of Health. He'll be working with the National Institute of Health, um, actually testing it out and having them as a customer, which moves on to additional funding and additional funding. So looking at outside the box of ways to get your first customer and and make your way forward, instead of just like going about it, like I'm going to build my business, I'm going to get my customers, like what are some other unique ways that I could, Get some funding and get some customers. Get some research. Get some validity. And looking at grants is a really good way. I, I think a lot of people don't when they're starting out don't know. I didn't know about them when I was first getting out there, but now that I hear about them all the time, it's one of those things too. Feel like I don't know what that is. I don't even know how to start to apply. Just reach out, like you know, to us or to another organization that that helps. There's lots of people that can help out with that. But thinking outside the box. With how to move your business forward is how a lot of the companies make it to the next level, for sure.
0: Just resourcefulness, though, like right? it, it's y-
1: yeah, it, it's resourcefulness. That's what I'm saying, uh, thing outside the box and yeah. being resourceful, just but being open to that. Mm-hmm. Like some people can get really, again, like really focused and stuck inside their own head. And that's why when they come to a group like this, a cohort, and they say, because that's what happens, people come to our cohort, they're like, I'm trying to find funding, you know, I want venture capital, I want whatever. And somebody will say, hey, have you looked at SBIR grant? And they're like, no, what does that have to do with me? And then you say, well, there's a category specifically for media. And you're like, what? There's media for like government funded grants. And you're like, yep. And you look down there and sure enough. So yes, it's being resourceful, but it's also, again, like getting out of your head, putting your idea out there because you're going to get feedback from people that you don't know about and don't think about, and then taking time to to go down that road, not saying like, well, I don't know anything about it, and it's going to be hard for me to like go through this application process. Just do it. give it a shot.
0: And then uh, sorry, you were about to make another point.
1: Oh, the other one is um, uh, rich, riches in the niches. <laughs>
0: yeah that's right
1: that that uh, you may have said uh, on a podcast before, but it's that the people that aren't afraid to really hone in on their target market usually end up being a lot more successful, a lot faster. And that doesn't, there's a lot of people who don't, they want to start with a wider net, see who responds and then then narrow it in. And that's fine. You can go about it that way. But people that start to hone in uh, and develop that brand around, again, it goes back to branding, but developing that brand around something that's more refined and narrower, you'll get Known again, like we have some grant writers, and we have one that writes grants for any kind. She's like, I can write any kind of grant, and that's great. But she's going to get more leads if she's known as like the SBIR grant writer, or she's the SBIR AFWorks grant writer. People are going to, you know, anytime there's an SBIR grant, Valerie is your gal, and and she's going to. People are going to know her. It's like. She's gonna come up in SEO as like the the SBAR grant writer instead of grant writers. If you Google grant writers, you're gonna get a million people, and you're not gonna know which one. But if you're looking for a particular one, and it says it next to their name, then you're gonna want to go with that person because you're like they know exactly what they're doing with that type of grant.
0: It's like doctors, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have some crazy issues uh, with my feet because we've been running a lot. And someone's like, oh, I know a doctor. And then I go to a general practitioner, like, that's not really gonna solve my problem, especially if I have a skin condition now because I don't wear socks when I run. I need a fucking podiatrist. Like it's very different. So the same thing applies when it comes to searching for some of the help that you might need. And you could reference the episode I talked about a couple episodes ago where I said be easy to help. That is literally a byproduct of niching down. Like you will be much easier to help if you try and get like ultra, ultra specific. Because then that will likely lead you to that very exact person or group of personnel that are going to be able to help you the most. It's never a good feeling. It's never a good feeling when um, I'm trying to talk to someone who is let's say that they're into social media or, or whatever, and they are really great with Twitter, but I'm trying to figure out how to run Instagram ads. It's it's, it's, it's very different. So uh, that specificity is probably going to be largely important. And yes, the ridges are in the niches in terms of if your product serves a smaller community, rather than you thinking it's going to solve the world's problems or, uh, you know, be be something that everyone can use. You're probably better off. And if you haven't read the book Superfans by Pat Flynn, that's exactly what some of the premise is. That smaller is better. You want the right audience, not the entire audience. So, uh, really good point there as well. So we could wrap up. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think these were going to be that long, but this is great. So, what are uh, any final thoughts you might have on uh, some people who might be listening who maybe are just not even started yet, and they're they're thinking in their head like um, you know, I want to do this, this mobile, I want to do a food truck, or I want to open this gym, or I I think I can have a marketing agency. Uh, they have no idea what they're doing or what to think. What would you say?
1: Uh, I think that finding a community of other entrepreneurs, like-minded entrepreneurs is the most powerful thing. I never really had I still probably don't have a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies. I want to have flexibility and different things that I would like that entrepreneurship may potentially afford. But I've never been an entrepreneur. But I'll tell you what, like being around Bunker Labs and being around entrepreneurs all day long and seeing the struggles and the successes, but mostly the, the successes that these people come from all different backgrounds. Like some come from no money. Some may have a little money. Some come from completely different industries, but they all have these ideas and they just get it done. It, it To a lot of people, it seems like this black box of like, to me, when I was coming out of the military, it felt that way. Is like, how do people do that? Like, I don't know how people start these businesses. And it seemed crazy to me. I'm like, how do they do that and just go off into this unknown? It, it just seemed like you're, they're jumping off a cliff but when you're involved in these groups where you're you see behind the scenes and you hear them talk you realize it's just like any job that you go into you are going to figure it out and you're going to ask questions and if you want to do it and you want to do it well you can so Being around like-minded people is going to make the the biggest difference and you can see what's possible and figure out where to start and ask those questions. Because being around all of them, now I'm I'm ready to be an entrepreneur and I never thought that I was going to be oh, an man. entrepreneur. I was like, they can do it. I Anybody can do it. You really can, if you want to. And if it makes sense, not every idea is the best idea, but you can certainly put it out there, test it out. And, you know, don't keep it to yourself. Like, don't keep it to yourself. Put it out to the world.
0: It's not for everybody, but anybody can test. And, and I agree, you will quickly find out if you're like, I cannot wait to get back to a stable job. Or you're going to be like, I love... This autonomy and the fact that I could own every good and bad decision, it completely rests on me. I mean, there's just so much to it. And I could I could troubleshoot this product or I could figure out, solve this problem for the marketplace. There's there's so much good to it. But um, that'll be really interesting. If there's two in one house. Whew, we'll see what happens. There's no ceiling on earning potential. Um, okay. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. That was Anne, uh, my beautiful, beautiful guest. and. Look, uh, this was brought to you by Rich Cardona Media. Check out our site. Uh, We have some packages that can help you uh, get your content creation started. We could come out to you and we could film. We could do all kinds of stuff. Or we can go to your company and teach your company how to do it. So you could have a content machine going in a very, very short amount of time. We could come out. We'll school you up on everything you need to know about personal branding. If you want to start a podcast, we can walk you through that. I can help you get the gear. If you need, if you want to start video content, and using social media, we can help you with all those areas, with all the good, better, best options, and literally just get you in a place where you have a cadence that is going to be long-lasting and very, very much leveraging a lot of what we talked about, which is some of the organic reach and some of the potential you know, on how to build your brand without necessarily having to go paid off the bat. I think that's a mistake a lot of us make, and I know Anne covered it pretty well. So that is it. Reach out to us and look, share this. If if you're listening to this and you head nodded at all during any of it in agreeance, then that means someone else you know is probably going to benefit from it. So please, please share it with them, rate it and review it because that's how this thing continues to pop up from time to time in the top 100 of its category. And that's how we'll get more people listening. So thank you. We'll see you next time.